Hello and welcome to this week's Backstage Sky News' entertainment podcast. We're here again bringing you all of the latest entertainment stories. And before we start, can we just say, please do rate, review and subscribe if you've enjoyed listening to us. It helps other people to uh, find us and know where we are. Coming up on this week's show, from the sublime to the ridiculous, we're talking fashion at the Met Ball and how Celine Dion got rather confused. We're going to be at the Met and everybody's going to stay and sleep all night together. The new Spider-Man trailer delivers on Marvel spoilers. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, stop watching. We've been watching endless hours of TV so you don't have to, including a cartoon about birds. Why do you never want to have fun adventures anymore? Since you've moved out, they feel like something's missing. And how about finishing up with a bit of erotic literature as we speak to the gang from My Dad Wrote a Porno? We're just trying to make it feel like a big filthy book club, basically. Right, before we get started, hello Bethany, hello Stevie, by the way. Um, Just a, a, a... Full announcement at the start of this podcast. We're going to be giving away a few spoilers because, as I said just a moment ago, Spider-Man in the trailer, uh, it talks about, it, it refers to Avengers Endgame. So we are going to be talking about that. Also, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones Episode 4. So if you haven't watched either of those and you don't want to know what happens, then perhaps don't listen to those bits of the podcast. Also, Bethany... The gang from my wrote a porno. <laughs> yes, full disclosure. Um, I I chat to the uh, my dad wrote a porno podcasters. So if porno isn't your thing or you're easily offended, I mean it's very gentle. There's not too much to worry about. But if it's not your thing, uh, maybe if you've got kids in the car with you, yes, you don't listen to the to, final yeah. final thing because <laughs> porno is involved. Yes, um, <laughs> and. Carrying on from that. Uh, can we talk about Disney, though? Disney have uh, made some big announcements today. We need to talk about the fact that Avatar's been delayed, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Push back. Push back. I feel like this is a film that gets delayed and delayed yeah. and delayed. It's because it's so big, isn't it? It's just so epic. I, mean, I think it, yeah. that's why. It probably means that it is going to be absolutely stunning when it eventually does come out. But yes, it's been pushed back by a year. And we know this because Disney uh, made this big announcement. It's all changed, basically, because Disney had this big merger with 21st Century Fox. It means that they've bought some of their film and television assets and is, as part of this merger and it's basically played with some of the release dates. So Avatar, we know, is being pushed back from, I think it was uh, 2020. Now it's going to be 2021 in December. Um, and also we know have dates for an Avatar 3, Avatar 4 and Avatar 5. Avatar 3 is going to be uh, 2023, Avatar 4, 2025, Avatar 5, 2027. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. Many, so many dates. <laughs> Am I the only one? That <laughs> Sorry, when, it, when it's like more than a year in advance, my head just kind oh. of turns off. It's like I'm listening to directions and I just stop. It's like I can't picture a world more than a year away. What you'll away. be doing in yeah. 2027 when Avatar <laughs> 5 comes out. Yeah. But, I mean, it shows the amount of planning that they're oh, doing God, to, yeah. to put oh, into yeah. this franchise. Also, though, there's the big Star Wars announcement oh, as well. So basically, in between the avatars, every Christmas you're going to be having a new Star Wars film, which is a, it's big news, really, because we all thought basically the third, the final of the third trilogy does that make sense everyone yeah, yeah. so <laughs> the, yes the, yeah. the final one of this third trilogy is coming out this christmas and we all thought that was going to be it but now we know that there's going to be three more films Oh, it's his end game all over again, isn't it? We're told it's the end, and it's not. It's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of a new beginning. Oh, we just keep falling for it. There's no end. But this is the the, the three films aren't going to be Skywalker films, apparently. I think. I think okay. basically at this stage, nobody really knows. No. They're just planning ahead. They're just making plans. They're like, you know how like you have you have uh, friends who like book things like about yeah. a year in advance, and you're just like, ugh. Um, yeah. This feels like <laughs> I that, don't want to commit to that yet. Yeah. I, oh, I just can't deal right now. I can barely know. I don't even know what I'm doing at the end of this weekend. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, for Avatar, they cast a bunch of young actors like years ago because they were going to be part of this film because I guess there's a whole storyline about young people. Um, by the time these movies come out, they're probably of legal age because this was they're just they're like major teenagers at this point and so these were supposed to be young actors and unless they're going to motion capture them now um i'm not That's really sure how, how i mean all... he's got all the technology hasn't he old what's his true why, why have i forgotten his name james cameron. James, james cameron james cameron there you go quite if yeah. anyone big, big cheese cameron <laughs> 
Do you know what's interesting, though, about the Star Wars thing, though? Uh, because a few weeks ago, I'm sure, didn't uh, the Disney boss, what's his name? Bob, Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Yeah, he gave an interview saying that they were going to have a bit of a pause and a bit of a stop to for a while before they released more Star well, Wars films. You, but it's you know hardly happened. a pause, it's, is it's it? A trick. It's, it's a trick. He was just whetting everyone's appetite. No, they looked at their spreadsheet and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to make crazy money this year. And so they, he turned around and was just like, everybody, let's make shows. Let's, do, let's yeah. make this happen immediately. I yeah. don't know how I feel about the dovetailing. I see it makes perfect sense to put like Avatar one year, Star Wars the next. I don't know. It takes all the romanticism out of it, doesn't it? When you know it's all scheduled like that to get maximum money. I just want them to be making this amazing film and they come out when they come out. But, Christmas yeah. isn't about presents, is it? That's true. I'm missing the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, for a bit of escapism, we've have you seen all of the Met Gala pictures? Oh, oh so great. Feast your eyes on it. It is a talk about camp. I mean, wonderful. So, the, yeah, that was the theme of this year's show, wasn't it? That, um, yeah, Notes on Camp, which is based on a, a an essay from the 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah, it? it's an it's a, it's a essay by Susan Sontag, who's an American writer and activist, and actually I think I read this back in my studying days. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Note how we're all very excited when one of us can say something intellectual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually, she was fantastic writer and this was kind of one of her most famous pieces of writing um, and she basically said that camp I think she actually summarized it quite well didn't she she said it was love of unnatural and also artifice and exaggeration which um, I think most people pretty much nailed Yes. I mean, there's exaggeration and there's coming dressed as a, a chandelier, as Katy Perry did, which was fabulous. But even better than coming dressed as a chandelier is then going to the toilet in the middle of the party and changing into a hamburger. Yes. I mean... And then, uh, and then bumping into J-Lo, <laughs> who just kind of like side-eyes her, who's just like, what is this again? Yeah. Uh, hey, babe. <laughs> Very good. I just, I just really want a lettuce mini dress now. That's literally on my well, on my shopping like list. Lettuce underwear, wasn't it? A burger exterior <laughs> dress with lettuce underwear. I mean, the girl went good I, on the detail. Absolutely, and yeah, people have been saying like J Lo was giving a bit of side eye, but then other people have quite rightly said, actually, do you know what? She walked into the toilets and someone was filming. And in fairness, your reaction would be a bit like, um, hello, you know, I've yeah. just come in to do a wee, actually. <laughs> oh, I think. That's the best reaction to give ever, though. Just like, yeah, <laughs> this is the Met Ball, people. Oh, my goodness. And Kim Kardashian. I know I was bigging her up major last week, but um, she's received a bit of criticism, hasn't she, for her outfit, which was like um, a dripping silicon dress, very, yeah. very much clinging in, in all the right places. But she had a teeny tiny corset on and her waist looks almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. So quite a few people have said, you know, it's so fake and it's not setting a very good example. But essentially all the Kardashians need to do to keep to a camp theme is turn up, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, the Kardashians just are gloriously camp in themselves. What I happened to like... a few years ago? Sorry, Stevie, interrupting. But no, a few no. years ago, didn't they... Um, wasn't it sort of they were persona non grata? They they weren't really yes. ever invited to the Met Ball. Why are they now suddenly the whole family well, is allowed? <laughs> the Kardashians sell sell magazines, yeah. and so yeah. you know so I think Kim Anna was Wintour, cover girl, wasn't she? Yeah, she did, and I mean, she was you know she wasn't invited to any of those parties or any of those shows and stuff. And then all of a sudden they realized how big they were, and then put them on the cover of like Vogue. But it was mm -hmm. also through Kanye because Kanye's relationship with Anna was very tight, and so so he's he. Kind Kind of slowly convinced uh, Anna to put them on the cover of, of the magazine. Well, that's but, so I true because Kim was his plus one back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it was. And the truth is, it's like, you know, they, they could have gone all out because uh, the nice thing about Kim is she got this designer, Terry Mugler, to come out of retirement who's never like, you know, basically just stopped making clothes. And, and, and she's like, I want to make this thing. But then she just looks fabulous, but it's not camp. I think that's no. the real difference between what is like people like I mean let's talk about Gaga because oh, oh we haven't even mentioned Gaga nailed it no, just haven't. nailed let's just start, it let, let's just begin with Gaga she shows up before pretty much anybody and does a, an almost 20 minute performance piece Brandon made three dresses 
She basically does like four like like costume changes. So it was the well, massive she strips down basically. Yeah, describe, describe them. Yeah, glowing yeah. pink coat, wasn't it? Luminous yes. pink just coat, just massive, was, like literally yeah. like a bus, <laughs> surrounded by these assistants who then strip her down to a, more of a, a black sort of couture number. Yes, a little bit kind yes. of Hepburn-esque little black dress. Oh, with the, black, with the sun umbrella oh, as well. Oh, and of course, with an umbrella, even though there's no sun whatsoever. Yes. yes. A, a little, um, little, I won't say a sombrero, <laughs> but what's the word? A parasol, a parasol. <laughs> yeah. And then down to the more sort of Marilyn Monroe pink fitted number with the 80s brick mobile phone. Oh, so yes. good. Yeah, cause all the time hamming it up and acting. Like you said, Stevie, it's a performance piece. She wasn't just yes. showing her clothing, she was performing. And then as you do, stripping down to your underwear. Oh. And just oh, laying on, yeah. on the stairs, just laying, <laughs> stretching out. Proper. Because it's such a crazy day. Yeah, and but I'm so glad to see that somebody else pulls their tights up nice and high because <laughs> I don't like it when they go down too low and I was really pleased to see that represented on screen. <laughs> but as well, uh, yes, she looks fabulous in all of the pictures, mm. but have you seen the, the video of her doing all of this to get to that stage? You have to be a certain level of... Um, a confident ins- insanity almost <laughs> yeah. because she's doing everything really over the top and in slow motion yeah. and I mean, the, the the balls on her oh, she's very and she impressive had, she had a champagne wagon didn't she oh the champagne yes. wagon I, I think that was possibly concealed in her first outfit but I mean I, I don't really want to go anywhere without a champagne wagon now I feel <laughs> I feel slightly well, cheated I wondered in what that was in the corner Bethany <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've actually got a sky mug full of tea um, <laughs> but I'm hoping to progress I <laughs> oh, love it oh and Cardi B's one as well did you <gasps> see the man that was the equivalent this year of um, was it Rihanna that came yeah. dressed as the omelette last year. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so many memes yeah. just spawned from it. You asked, oh my goodness. And did you know that the I mean it was a really expensive dress? I think didn't she call it a vagina dress? Did she? Yes, I think she was saying that was kind of the shapes and what it represented. But also it had <laughs> ruby nipples. But she did look fabulous. Also, Jared Leto and his spare head. <gasps> yes. Yeah, he took with him like the whole night long. Like he went after, even in the after parties, the the, the the extra head came along and 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 went to all the parties and stuff. Yes. So it was hilarious. And there's many photos of people without Jared Leto in the photo, <laughs> with but with dancing with his head. <laughs> That's amazing. the best way to get in more photos. It's actually genius, isn't yeah. it? Take your own head with you. And there was lots of eye action as well, wasn't there? Because was it Ezra Miller had that wacky oh, makeup, which amazing. kind of messed with your head. Because it had all those different eyes. Yeah, which is it was like, trippy. It was like a magic. Oh, it was amazing. It was a Burberry suit, wasn't it? And with this sort of pearl corsety thing around the outside of it. But it was all about the, the it head. It was all about the makeup, wasn't yeah. it? The, the, the yeah. many eyed face. Um, Cyclops. Well, actually, no, Cyclops is one, isn't it? And he had yeah, multiple Yeah, he had many eyes. Many eyes. Like a butterfly, kind of like an insect. You know how insects have loads of eyes? Um, it, it did look amazing. fantastic, but it messed with my head. It was like a magic eye picture, you know, where you have to kind of like <laughs> let your eyes relax to work out which were his eyes. And then also Janelle Monet, Monet had a big blinking boob eye. Boob eye. Mm. It's always a good look. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and let, can we talk about Billy Porter? Po, po, oh. I don't know. If we, by the, let's let's start with Pose, the show that like I wish all of you had like have now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got it on BBC Two. Yeah. Yes. So he's the he's one of the leads in in Pose, and so he's now really taken on taking making any kind of big splash on, yeah. on carpets in general. He was and at so, the Oscars, and I remember yes. him because he was in the most fabulous tuxedo dress. Yeah. He looked. Amazing! If you've not seen those pictures, you need to Google Google them. He he did look statuesque and fantastic. And this time he shows up with six men on <laughs> on this kind of platform and just shows up Cleopatra style. Oh, sedan and then opens chair up, being yeah, taken in. And then opens up and it's like these golden wings and it's just miraculous. Well, I feel I, I don't like know, you, I just... won't, you won't get the reference, Stevie, but it was very Angel of the North as we've got here. It's a big statue that it's we have up north. Not quite so sparkling, oh. but yes. A, a blinged up Angel of the North. Yeah. He was representing the North. That's what he was doing. Yeah. I'm sure he probably didn't even realise. Um... <laughs> uh, uh, Serena Williams, who was one of the co-chairs, showed up in this beautiful guy and then opens up her leg and she's wearing Nike sneakers. Oh. I just Love that. Keeping that it real, really, that's brilliant. Yeah, keep- <laughs>
<laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And we haven't even mentioned the, Celine Dion, though, have we? Yes, oh, I was just going to say. I tell bless. you what, yeah, she she should have read the Susan Sontag notes on camp, shouldn't she? Because I think, wasn't she a bit confused about what the theme was entirely? At first I was a little bit confused when I heard camp. I wasn't sure what it meant. Like I thought, like, camping. <laughs> I mean, we're going to we're go we're camping. We're going to be at the mat and everybody's going to stay and sleep all night together. Oh, was she confused, though, or was she just playing I think she's along? confused. It's, it's <laughs> Celine. It's, it's, but my truth about, about Celine is I feel like every day her world is camp and she yeah. just doesn't know the difference between camping and camp because it's just all one big, lovely yeah. adventure for her. Yeah, and she's never going to go camping, let's face it. She's just never going to happen. She looked fantastic. That woman yes. had the most amazing legs the feathers that were mingled into her hair oh she just looked great and let's face it it's celine dion she can she can do whatever yeah. well she is a camp icon anyway isn't <laughs> she, she? Is. all she needs to do is turn up much like the the kardashians and Katy perry um anyway from from katie perry's burger dress to <laughs> uh, a starbucks <laughs> coffee cup we have won the great war now we will win the last war we need to talk about Game of Thrones, oh people. Gosh. Yeah, rogue, rogue disposable coffee cups. Yeah, so in the land of magic and dragons, somehow a uh, coffee cup infiltrated one of the scenes and everyone <laughs> lost it over it. I mean, it, it's the first time that we've really had something like that and it's the last series and how annoyed mm. must the executive producers have been about the fact that oh it's how did it slip it in these these things you just you think it's so big it's too big to fail but no i know and the amount of eyes that have gone yeah. um, to watch yeah. the show i mean there's editors involved yeah. there are people who have looked at footage there's like so it's yeah. gone through so many different pairs of eyes and yet somebody misses it but it's now gone this thing is if you yes. want to take a look at Can't it, find it they've digitally erased all mm. of it Except on the internet, which will forever like have its beautiful moment. <laughs> of course. But, like, uh, yeah, but it's officially off of all like uh, platforms. So, uh, but I mean, they, bye, they, bye cup. they, they yeah. dealt with it with a bit of humor, didn't they? Because did you see the tweet that they put yeah. out saying news from Winterfell? Uh, news from Winterfell. The latte that appeared in the episode <laughs> was a mistake. Daenerys had ordered a herbal tea. It's <laughs> genius. It's really uh, yeah. I mean, that's a way to deal with but it, yeah. isn't it? And deal with it with humor, but in but fact, actually, probably yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, it wasn't. Starbucks. Apparently they've got like an in-house coffee shop. Oh yeah. So it wasn't Starbucks. So Starbucks has done very nicely out of this. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. They sure joked they about it too didn't they and said oh I'm surprised that she hadn't ordered like a dragon some kind of dragon drink they do which has like a dragon <laughs> fruit in it but um, yeah, yeah I mean everyone got in on the action. Have you read the um, Jon Snow interview in Esquire this month as well with Kit Harrington? Uh, <laughs> basically being very outspoken as he is sometimes he's, he is he's, he can be a bit grumpy yeah he's known for being a bit grumpy isn't he um and in this one he he kind of delivers he's basically i mean we'll we'll probably end up having this edited out if i use the actual words but he says he, he basically told people to go away if they didn't uh, like this series at the moment because uh, he was uh, sick of people being negative and basically the whole cast and crew have tried really hard and they put all of their efforts in so people can go away if they don't <laughs> if they aren't enjoying it and if they have any criticism so I'm sure he probably was very angry about the coffee cup he probably was well yeah I mean it is only a coffee cup and you do think actually oh I can imagine that if you're that poor editor that's put yeah. together that episode, you yeah. probably would be at, at home bashing your head against the wall going, no, no one will ever employ me Why again. me? <laughs> it's only a coffee cup, people. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And guess what? It's not real. Exactly. Exactly. It was a good episode, though, wasn't it, Stevie, this week? Uh, so many people got their hearts broken, which was kind of it's. It's a really like after a war, everybody's like caught up in in the fact that they're still alive, and and so <laughs> emotions are kind of brought up. And and we got to see Brienne, uh, played by uh, Gwendolyn Christie. She got to not only um, you know consummate her love for Jamie Lannister, but then he uh. breaks her heart because he realizes that he uh, he's still forever indebted to his well, he's connected uh. to his to his twin sister, and so. 
mm-hmm. um, he dumps her and basically leaves Gwendolyn like kind of uh, crying in the in, in the corner. So oh. that's sad. Yeah, it's a very it's a bit. It was like she had, it's, a, it's a great episode for for Gwendolyn Christie, but like a, a sad episode for Brienne. So yeah. uh, and then poor Jet Gendry, like after like having um, love with Arya, she's just like, well, I'm not a lady. Bye, and then like leaves him, and so everybody just gets their heart broken. So um, yeah, we're approaching yeah. the end now. How are they going to? We are approaching it. We've lost. We've lost a dragon. Yeah, another dragon is gone, and so we only have one left. And um, the final final sequence is uh, basically Cersei Lannister declaring war and saying, "Like I'm not going to give up my kingdom for any of this." So that's it. We're gonna we're gonna go crazy next week. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping you have a more satisfying ending of that than we did with Line of Duty because oh, it's been really annoying this series. I've loved all of the other ones. And this one has just been a bit. I mean, it, there's there's been moments of excitement, and obviously having Stephen Graham on this series yeah. was brilliant. But Jed Mercurio does what he always does, and he seems to kill off major characters halfway through the series, and then you're just left with. I mean, the, the after we lost Stephen Graham, it sort of just carried on in a oh do we know who h is and and, and not a very satisfying kind of hadn't thought ending. it through maybe because it was very dramatic yeah. obviously when Stephen graham's character died in the most hideous way it was it was what well, shocked him himself didn't he i think he said that was like you know when he watched that scene back he was just like oh my god you know Horrible. Have you seen some of the reviews as well? I think it, it, people are a bit divided about what we all made of this series. Uh, like the, I was reading one of them where it made a good point, basically saying you could effectively skip the whole of season five and it wouldn't really make a difference if you're watching the whole of the the series as a whole because nothing really happened in That's this series. frustrating when that happens. Um, I always feel cheated. Yeah, The Guardian said um, that it wasn't the clenched-chested adrenaline rush of previous instalments but a slightly defeated shrug. Hmm. <sighs> That's, that hurts a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, but we know that definitely it's coming back for a sixth season and it's sixth, probably the final season, so everything should be a come back and be a bit more exciting. Maybe he pumped all his real creativity into the bodyguard and this was just kind of being done on the side and then he'll come back in fourth. Oh, and, you know, in Jed, fourth. sort yeah. it out. Don't do that. We know he's writing another <laughs> series of The Bodyguard at the moment, so he is <sighs> splitting his time between writing the sixth season of Line of Duty one and The man. Bodyguard. There is only so much creativity to go around. I know, but he's not. built up the, the pressure, though, because yeah. he's written some stunning pieces of work, so we all want it to be good. But while we're waiting anyway for The, <laughs> for the Bodyguard and for a new series of Line of Duty to come back, uh, the verse Virtues. We've got the virtues coming up on Channel Four. On the Stephen so Graham is back. He's oh taking over the TV. He's um, for yeah. such a character actor that most people know, but kind of wouldn't have necessarily known his name. But they'd have definitely known his face if, if for nothing else. For this is England. I think now he's coming into his own, isn't he? He's, he's sort having of, a year, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah. just really, really like on the top of his game. You alright there, fella? What's up, Fanny? How do you know who I am? It's me, it's Joseph. It's my brother. It's my brother. When you want This trailer is 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 just mm. you know we see just hints of what he can do, but mm. it's like it looks so dramatic and it's just a mixture of like what's going on there. Is, does he come back and he doesn't remember anything, and then so he's trying to like piece together a life that he once had or what? Yeah. What's, so what's it's, the big? The reason everyone's so excited is it's directed by Shane Meadows, who of course directed him in This Is England. Um, it's co-written by Shane. Meadows and the same writing partner that he always works with, Jack Thorne, who of course has made some some stunning pieces of work as well. I think he did Harry Potter, did the Harry Potter? Oh, uh, the play, West the End stage one. play. Yeah, that's Jack mm. Thorne, isn't it? So he's done some brilliant stuff. Um, in this, it's very loosely based on Shane Meadows' experiences growing up, I think, as yes, well. But it, yeah. it is based on, on sexual abuse, but, I think. Yeah. So it, it's Stephen Graham uh, plays an alcoholic who lives in Liverpool. His family um, give up on him because he's sort of out of control so he ends up thinking that he has to go back to Ireland where he grew up in the care system to try and face up to some of these 
awful mm. experiences that he's had in the past. But the reviews that people are saying about this, it just sounds like it's going to be stunning. Yeah, really and Stephen Graham himself has actually said he thinks this is the best thing he's ever done. Oh. And obviously, if I mean, you've watched, if you've so watched This things. Is England and you've watched some of his stuff, that that really raises the bar. You've you know, got to watch this. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Let's just think about amazing how Stephen yeah. Graham Let's is. Let's just sit and think um, about this for a while. <laughs> while that's going on, though, a trailer happened also for all fans of Marvel. Uh, and, and I think we're going to play a bit of it. But Tom Holland started the whole trailer uh, about Spider-Man Far From Home with this. The Spider-Man Far From Home trailer is about to play. But if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet, stop watching because there's some serious spoilers about to come up. But if you have seen Avengers Endgame, enjoy the trailer. So basically, you know, we are officially post-Endgame in this world yeah. of Marvel post-Endgame. And it looks like this film is literally right after the, the, the what happens, which is what we talked about yeah, you know, well, last week. Yeah, well, in the, the trailer, he talks about, doesn't he, the, the fact that Iron Man has died in, in the last film, in the Endgame film. Yeah. Uh, and it's moving on from there. But the, the crucial thing that we know from the trailer is, drum roll... <laughs> Uh, the multiverse is real. Come on, geeky comic book oh. fans. <laughs> so, Stevie, explain. Yeah, what does this mean to us? <laughs> Basically, it looks like from the, th the the snap that Thanos created, where it like decimated all of pretty much half of mankind. It also um, opened up multiverses, and so the first thing kind of to prove that this happened is that we get to see this character Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and he doesn't come from like the Marvel Earth that we've been watching like for the past decade. He's from another other one and so um that also means like you know new characters are coming in which then might lead to you know the next batch of marvel films and also i don't know i think there's, there's like this it's an interesting like new cast of characters that we're going yeah. to be yeah it looks to, really to humorous discover. actually there was lots of kind of very funny tongue in tongue in cheek things where there I work with Spider-Man. You work for Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan. Even though I'm not a big Marvel fan and superhero fan, there were bits that you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. And the obvious benefits I believe I mean I, I find I struggle to wrap my head around how complicated these things are but the obvi obvious benefit of having this multiverse concept is that basically does it allow them to now introduce the X-Men and Fantastic mm. Four if they Pretty wanted much. to? Pretty much yeah so uh, yeah well then, then maybe finally we're going to get these like uh, crossovers. That's one of the points of getting the Fox kind of catalogue of superheroes X-Men, Fantastic Four you know they, they, they are officially now part of this Marvel world and so we're going to be able to see them in this one. But, I mean uh, they, they totally need to retitle Avengers Endgame to <laughs> this is not the end game. Yeah. yeah. Or middle <laughs> middling yeah, bit of game, the end game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, the Spider-Man trailer was fun when the Spider-Man music kind of kicked in at the end. Yeah. You yeah. felt like, oh, Spider-Man. Like, Tom that, Holland that was good exciting. as well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> talking about someone who's been around slightly longer, Christina Applegate's got a new TV show out on Netflix at the moment, Dead to Me. I lost my fiancé eight weeks ago. It was really sudden. What? Since Ted died. I haven't been sleeping. Not at all. Hey, I'm off all night. Feel free to call me and we can sleep together. It's quite an interesting concept. I don't know, how how would we class it? It's a... Well, it's not quite a comedy. comedy. I don't it think a, it's a comedy. Do you know what? I've heard them describe it as a traumedy. Because oh, it's about oh. trauma, but it's also a comedy. So, in case you uh, don't quite understand what was going on in the trailer there, basically, uh, it, she has lost her husband who was involved in a, a hit-and-run accident and she uh, makes friends with uh, another lady who she meets at a grief counselling group. And the very first episode, I have to say, watching that first episode on Netflix, they very nearly lost me because <laughs> I they, they don't do a good job of explaining what the hook is until... The very last the very, five very, seconds of that episode end. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it actually is not quite the programme that you will think from that first episode because there, there's a significant twist. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm personally not quite sure I'm convinced. I've come yet. and gone. I've kind of... I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I, don't, I can't remember what ep I'm up to. I'm up to like about ep three and a half. 
And okay. like, I keep thinking, oh, yeah, I like this. And then I go, oh, actually, no, I'm a bit, oh, no, it's not. It's letting me down. And then I, I've swipped and I've swapped and I don't quite know where I am at the moment. I'm sort of deciding whether to go back in at the three and a half point or not. I mean, it is lovely that it's a two female lead project. Yes. You know, so Linda two, Cardellini yeah. is the other woman that's Yeah, the, and they play Jen and Judy, don't they? Mm. Um, and obviously Christina Applegate, you know, she was known so well in like the 80s and the 90s. She came out in um, Married with Children, that comedy. And then obviously she's been, you know, a fantastic actress ever since. And it's great to see her back on the screen. I think she was actually saying that she wasn't really thinking about coming back and, really? and being in a TV show until she read the script. And then she was like, actually, this is, this is good. I want to be in this. Yeah. And obviously it's interesting as well because she had, she had breast cancer and then she has now completely recovered. But they actually have written that in to the show her character uh, you know says a bit later on that that she had breast cancer and has recovered but that was actually put in to kind of hook in with christina applegate taking the lead role didn't she have to go to therapy after making this show like there was some kind of talk about how like it was kind of traumatic for her while she's when she made this show Really? I mean, yeah, why, do, yeah. why do so many programmes think that we want to watch these things about grief? It was the same as the Ricky Gervais one, which I know was... You really liked it, Stevie, didn't you? But yeah, I liked it a I lot. Just, yeah. I don't want to watch things about grief I or guess cancer. That, or... They want to move us, don't they? And it's kind of, I guess, to kind of get a response from people, you often do have to kind of upset them or make them laugh. I mean, um, if you can do both. I know a lot of people watched it over the weekend, uh, this Dead to Me show, which is why I kind of picked up on it and, and watched the first two episodes. And and I heard that it kind of, uh, you run the gamut of emotions while you watch this, but uh, it ends with a cliffhanger. So maybe they think that this is going to turn into a second series. I don't know how, but yeah. like, um, it's, a, it's a very interesting uh, concept. Well, and James but, Marsden's you know, in it as well, isn't he? He's yeah. kind of the male, although it's very much, as I said, female-led, but he, he is a, a support character character in it what i feel like they don't do as well as some other shows do like have you seen uh, back to life on bbc3 yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that is a show about a woman who's got a secret who's been to prison and they they tease out why she's yeah. been to prison and what the the dark story is in her background and they, they do it in a very clever way that hooks you um, but I feel like Dead to Me didn't quite manage that way of consistently yeah. intriguing us. It's kind of painting with primary colours compared to something mm. like Back to Life. I think it's like you said, a bit more nuanced and a bit more, mm. oh, a bit more gritty. I don't know why. I always think of British TV as being a bit more gritty anyway. And I think that's sometimes the American actors just. I don't know, there's often higher production values. You can sort of see there's more money put into it. The actors all tend to look a bit glossier than our yes. British actors. I don't know if that's it's fair. Because we've all got yellow teeth and <laughs> yeah, a bit scruffy. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, I, think, I think, so yeah, Back to Life, I agree, was definitely more gritty. And I, I, I did enjoy Back to Life, actually. I love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah, well, that's definitely worth it. Daisy Haggard. Yeah. Daisy yeah. Haggard is just, you know, she wrote and then and then kind of starred in, in this piece, which was, we talked about, you know, a while back, but, you know, she she wasn't getting the roles that she wanted and then kind of created the series just to kind of finally, you know, express her creativity. It's brilliant. And it's just, it's, it's still really on nice. Catch Up, so if you haven't seen that uh, yeah. yet, it's definitely worth having a look definitely at Definitely is, and, and I'm really hoping that'll be back for a second, second series. Oh, I mean, it's got to be, I, I really felt it would and should oh what i am mm. excited about though that's back for a third series and that starts very soon um mum did you watch mum when it was out on bbc2 that I returns didn't. i oh. heard great things that's leslie manville yeah. isn't oh it? my god both of you have to watch that it is <laughs> so good it won so many baftas um the the last series when it came out but it's just so touching oh god you know what i've realized that's another one about grief as well yeah, because she's, she's a widow <laughs> So many things Sorry, about grief. Sorry, laugh about widows. Sorry. <laughs> no, but actually it's done in such a tender and lovely way. It's about this woman who's lost her husband and her grown-up children and so, so her life is having to move on and it's her... The, the last series ended with her wanting to have a relationship with this new man that's sort of a close family friend but not wanting to upset her son. And it sounds like it's really serious and... and will be depressing but honestly it's lovely and it's done in such a sweet way oh gosh isn't that like dead to me except with humor probably without the crazy hooks i mean dead yeah. to me yeah. 
uh, I mean, that was the thing that was a little bit uh, of an interest. It was like the hook that was interesting, but yet I was like, oh, is this going to happen every episode? And so, um, and it turns out so from what I saw, it's like it kind of was. And so that was a way to kind of, maybe that's the American way. And, you know, the show Mum is now being developed uh, by by Scott Rudin, who's a, who's like, you know, the, the producer of, of no, uh, Social Network uh, and Homeland's Tracy Letts. And really? so, oh, if they do an American yeah. version of that, that will be brilliant. I love watching well, American versions of things and seeing like what you guys do with it and how you change it. And I'm always surprised at the things that get changed and that must just not translate. Just thinking about who they'll have as the leads. Mm. I mean, you know, what's the equivalent of Leslie Manville and Peter Mullen, who are brilliant actors? Yeah. And so, who what kind of what kind of actors would kind of then take on uh, this version of Mum would be would be fascinating. Oh, I really hope they don't hire an actress that's just way too young for the role. Yes, it should be an older, older yeah, woman. like completely missing yeah. the point of the whole thing. But yeah, well, let's see, let's see. How about we have a complete uh, gear change, <laughs> shall we, to something that is entirely mental? Uh, Tucker and Bertie, Netflix's Yay. new adult cartoon. I'm an adult woman. I deserve to be treated like a person and not an object. So get out of my space or I'll break your face! Right, you two have, have gone mad for this. I yeah. um, I require some convincing that yeah. this is worth a watch. I, I started watching this and I thought, oh, this is so, silly. Yeah, this someone, is surreal. Someone tried to just explain... Oh, what this how is do you then? even? Okay, so it's it's created by women for women, and the main characters are women, but they're birds. Okay, <laughs> so it's a toucan, a toucan <laughs> that wears hot pants, and her bestie, who is a song thrush called Bertie. So Tuca the toucan, Bertie the the song thrush, and like. In the first step, we see that Bertie has moved out, or Tuca has been made to move out because Bertie's boyfriend, Speckle, who's a Robin, I think, <laughs> he's moved in. So it sounds really crazy, and it is really crazy. But oh, it's, it's so it's, intense. It, it's very bright. It is beautifully bright, which I really it's like. It's not that, it's the music. Every I love the music. Five I, minutes. I, I, I love, love the, the music. music. It's so good. Yes. It's so millennial. <laughs> it's, it's in really... Birdtown, um, and Bertie, she works at... There's loads of puns, isn't there, Stevie? Loads of yeah. kind of bird-based puns, and also puns like... Condé Nest where she works like in a magazine so you're like oh Condé Nest brilliant and then Bertie really loves a kind of um, it's like a Downton Abbey thing called Nests of Netherfield <laughs> um, and, I mean all this sounds really whack and I hate surreal things but it's not if you watch what? I definitely say watch the first two back to the back the first one yes. is awful it is a bit a bit whack the first it's one is it's crazy town yeah. and, and it, really, it really I was like what is happening here why is everybody because the reviews came out that's what kind of drew me to the first place i'm like i normally don't watch animated series and so the fact that it, the people that were involved so the voices of yeah. Duke and is is tiffany haddish and ali wong and both are uh. i mean i love them to bits and so the fact that they were involved as executive producers i was like all right this is telling me a little bit more like like you know they've at least i can i trust them so i'm gonna <laughs> give this one a go and then after that first episode i'm like what the heck is yeah, happening yeah. here because i really didn't know what was going on <laughs> yeah. and it's just so you feel really crazy. discombobulated don't you when you've watched yeah. it and a bit like oh I don't but, know what I'm supposed to think <laughs> exactly but once you realize what that show is looks like then as the series progresses it's actually a really great uh, series about these two women who are just trying to figure everything out and and they tackle interesting things episode two is about sexual harassment in the workplace mm. oh but Stevie then, it's woke it's so woke <laughs> but it's amazing I mean her Katie left, if you use so, the word woke again I'm going to ask you to leave I, the studio <laughs> we have to pinch you we have to pinch you. Um, but I mean, just the fact that like something happens to Birdie in the office and like yes, her... Dirk, who's a horrible rooster in her workplace. And we, oh, let's face it, we all know a Dirk in the workplace. We oh, really no. do. Yeah. And, and I just love how her left breast was like, nah, not going to have it. And then just pops it. It's played by Aquafina, of course. And then like... Uh, is that uh, who Aquafina played? Yes, it was her breast. Yes. 
Ah, <laughs> she's like, is nah, everyone not understanding? Any of this. <laughs> <laughs> and just leaves. Just cannot handle yeah. the fact that this happened, and just goes, goes off on her own day. like like adventure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it's crazy, but somewhere in here is a is a brilliant show, and so yeah. I it's I love well it. enough written to carry it because I often think when things are really crazy or really extreme or really violent or whatever it is, it's got to be well enough crafted to carry that carry extremity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is after. Once I got oh, into the I second know, but honestly, I, I was found there. that pilot episode so offensive. I <laughs> didn't want to watch episode two. I mean, not offensive in a ooh, outrageous way. Offensive in like in my irritating. my eyes hurt, and they're so yeah. irritating. And oh, maybe oh, I need maybe I need to do give, another episode. Yeah, watching up because there's some really fun bits. Like it carries on, and like Bertie's trying to improve herself at work and trying to get a promotion. And I mean, it's all surreal <laughs> and silly. Um, I mean, Tuka gets sex bugs later, and that's just crazy. But <laughs> The kind of the bits of it you can really relate to. Like, honestly, I was literally at the end of, like, I think Ep 3, I was like, oh, God, I'm so Bertie. And I was saying to my boyfriend, oh, you're so speckle. We, we just really are. <laughs> yeah, I know you've got to watch more, Katie. Okay, I prescribe I it. I prescribe it's the music. It's, it's good. Oh, okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Shall I, um, have, have either of you seen uh, another Netflix offering, which is the most offensive bit of TV I've seen in a long time? I don't know since Tucker and Bertie. Uh, <laughs> Flinch, Flinch. Netflix are doing game shows now, apparently, and Flinch is the most ridiculously awful game show that you'll see in your life. Well, you know, I get a bit cross about I'm a celebrity, various bits and pieces with bugs and creatures, don't I? So I think Flinch is not for me. Welcome to Flinch. You eight players are about to have your bravery pushed to the max. What the f***? (laughs) Flinches have consequences. Pain for you... I watched it and I would say that I am very surprised that, well, I came away thinking maybe Netflix just bought it because it didn't cost very much to make and it was quite easy for them to bulk buy it. Channel 5 weren't quick enough. (laughs) Exactly. It's, um, It's really sadistic and I don't get why anyone would take part because there's no real explanation as to why the contestants are joining in because they don't win anything oh. at the end. So basically oh. they're, it's... it's Just to be on it's TV. It's like a children's version of the Saw films. Oh. So what you're doing is there's Mm-mm. three... three Team captains who are almost celebrities. Um, yeah, wasn't there old Mister Mister I'm unfaithful? Can't even remember his name. That's bad, isn't it? But yeah, Sean, Sean, Sean with two ends. Wall, Walsh, Walsh. That's him. Woolly yeah. Sean. <laughs> Let's just call him Mister so Unfaithful. So he's, he's like the most famous of the team captains mm. on there. They all pick out groups of people that are going to represent them, who then have to take part in these torturous, weird, sadistic things, like have have uh, like a holding two metal bars and if they have shots fired past oh. their ear and they flinch they'll get an electric shock and of if they get they'll flinch it's I a know, natural body reaction to having something fired at you yeah and the 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 thing that doesn't make sense is essentially these are people the the more points that are built up for each team captain the team captain that has the most will then have to take part in one of these sadistic okay. awful things but if you've got you're Sean Walsh yeah, as the team yeah. captain. You, you kind of want to exactly. hurt Sean Walsh, we're turning don't into you? Bear Grylls, aren't we? <laughs> we're in Bear like, Grylls territory, we're back in, I want to hurt Bear Grylls territory, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and the team captain... Oh, I can't believe I even sat through the whole thing, to be <laughs> honest. But the team captain who ends up getting hurt at the end, the th- one thing that I did think was he must have been awfully embarrassed because it, it was... Uh, a, a thing that involved water and his very thinning hair that had been perfectly coiffured by a makeup artist was suddenly dislodged and messed uh, up his barnet. I really that, yeah. that would make me feel very bum clenchy and uncomfortable about the whole thing. The God, whole making, show made me feel It just makes me think they've gone back and they've watched some vintage shows like kind of Tarrant on TV in the eighties used to have clips from Japanese game shows that sound a little <laughs> yes. bit like this. And then back in the nineties there was a show called The Word, which Terry Christian presented. And that had a weird kind of skitty bit called something like I'd do anything to get famous. Mm-hmm. And it was people doing rather rather than painful things, it was like gross things, like licking an armpit or something yeah. to get on TV. So it's almost okay. like they've taken this and thought, oh, I know, this is what the world needs. But this is what this is why Netflix gets in trouble.
double though as well, doesn't it? Because for every brilliant series mm. that Netflix produces, there's so much crap on there as well. But is the answer that there's so many different audiences, and sometimes people just want crap. I mean, not me, but maybe people sometimes this want something is... a bit silly and a bit kind of out of control and. Yeah. Have you ever guys watched the um, Nailed It, the one about the cake making and stuff? Have you ever seen that show? No. They just get amateur bakers and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stupid show that I would rather watch on Netflix, which is a bunch of stupid people making uh, cakes, which they can never do. And then at the very end, they have this reveal and they, they open up this, like, you know, the container and it's like, Nailed It! And it never looks like oh, what they're supposed to do. This sounds it's so, so amazing. Silly. Bake Off. That sounds very much like Bake Off, isn't it? Oh, it's worse than Bake Off because at least Bake Off people or like, yeah, they, they, don't, they, they, they don't say make. worse yeah. than Bake Off. Bake Off is <laughs> brilliant. It's a British, oh, it's a British state. It's, it's an institution. It is, sorry about that. Take that I, back, I, I, man. I've hit a nerve. I've hit a nerve. I'm sorry. Um, but yes, uh, I'd rather watch these kind of you know positive, silly yeah. shows as opposed to just people yeah. going people through. People hurting themselves for yeah. no reason. Why are people that desperate to be on TV? It's I know. Well, talk yep. about um, hurting yourself as well. How, how did you find the experience, Stevie, of watching uh, the new Pokemon film? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a transition I'm willing to uh, uh, take on. You're a talking Pikachu with no memories who's addicted to caffeine. I could stop whenever I want. These are just choices. Another round, extra shot. Black as night. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> So here's the truth. I don't really know much about the whole... I, my nephew loves Pokemon and like no. goes crazy about it. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, well, that's nice. And it's, it's like, that's the extent of my relationship with it. So then to go watch a whole film about it was like an adventure in itself. I <laughs> love the fact that um, the screening that I had, they had booked out pretty much the whole oh um, theater. And so they had it with loads of fans who dressed up as yeah. their favorite oh. Pikachu. And these were adult people, so not k young kids. These were like people who Grown are ups. in their twenties, thirties, and they were loving this movie. Um, but it's because it's very different to the the previous incarnations, isn't it? This one is um, has got Ryan Reynolds doing the yes. voice, so that in itself is a bit of a lure, isn't it? And it's I, I've read that, isn't it, a similar sort of template to Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's sort of this film noir detective yes. Pikachu. The, there is a mystery involved. Um, basically, <laughs> this young man is is going home. His father is allegedly dead, and so he goes home to like pack up his, his wares and stuff, and then... Um, uh, you know, Pikachu is there, and and Pikachu doesn't remember anything, and so he he and this young boy decide to kind of go on this uh, adventure to try to figure out if his father is still alive or not, and so that's the setup, <clears throat> and it's and set up. Pikachu in this... seems a bit dry as well, in a good way, kind of like yes. the lines in the trailer. He was quite wisecracking and dry, and a bit kind of like, come on, you know. I I feel he's Pikachu the saving grace of this talk, film. Though. <laughs> Yeah, Pikachu. Pikachu always says Pikachu, you know, and so yeah. um, that he's like the cute little fuzzy. So that's that's the weird. That's the kind of hook where this young man and the Pikachu can speak to each other, and then it explains itself at the end of the film. But up until then, it's just the, you know it's a relationship between these two. He's and like so, a Pikachu whisperer or something, or like Mister. Yes. You know, he can talk to the animals. Yeah, yes. he's a talent. Uh, what's what the only thing that I have to say that I'm very fascinated with is like when you kind of enter this world, it literally is this world of Pokemon, and so it's it's a world where Pokemons and humans it, it coexist, and so there's no explanation of what this is. It's but just like it's part of everybody's norm, normal. Is that world. not very much like uh, the Pokemon Go game, really? Because yes. that's what people it were doing, much. weren't they? Yeah. Sort of wandering around the streets oh, trying to capture find the... all the Pokemon. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, is, it, is it just me? Is it just because of his voice? But I thought that Pikachu looked a little bit like Ryan Reynolds. I sort of saw a bit of him oh. in his face. And I don't know if it's just because I'm very suggestible. So everyone, Bethany <laughs> basically fancies Pikachu, is what we're learning. Oh, literally, I've got a poster on my wall. Ryan everywhere. Yeah. 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 You think Pikachu's hot, do you? <laughs> Yeah, I kind yeah, of like the little yellow fella. He's very cute. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, did you see Ryan Reynolds did uh, that sort of clever trick as well on Twitter that he acted like he was flagging up a um, sort of fake link to the entire movie and the movie starts and looks like it is a, a proper sort of leaked pirate copy of the film and then it's Pikachu dancing for an hour 40 minutes I didn't watch an hour 40 minutes but he's doing like this exercise routine to 80s music it's very weird oh my 
goodness. Ryan, Ryan has done a great, great job of promoting Pikachu because there, there's also this kind of short video about how he's such an actor and how he gets <laughs> into character and stuff. In fact, so much so that he forgot that he even had children and a wife. And then they interview Blake Lively and she's like, oh my God, he's crazy. So, so he's been doing so many interesting, fun things kind of to promote this film. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love Ryan. He, he, in general, I don't know if you've had a chance to chat with him. He's, he's one of those guys that I, th I think he remembers people. And so when you walk <laughs> into a room he's like hey and you're like oh my god and so that's really sweet of him um but we had we had this press day uh for this film and um people were dressing up as characters to like talk to him and poor guy played along with every oh. single person's like <laughs> silliness so oh he's used I gotta to it though isn't he because he's got his yeah. well he's about to become oh, a dad for the third time isn't he blake's yes. announced that she's oh. pregnant again they've already got two daughters so he's obviously he's probably really in the mood for it you know it's it's got his family life going on and then he's making a fun film like this yeah, hopefully it's a good he's one loving the family it. can see isn't it yeah. um stevie just to go back to that point though of everyone being dressed up clarification <laughs> please what, what were you wearing yeah what did oh, you wear stevie? i wore normal clothes Sorry, oh, I was yeah. not. I, I was like, nah, this, I'm not going to play along to this. I'm, not I'm gonna just going to go in. I'm going to put on my Pikachu onesie today. No, what was the best yeah, outfit just, you saw? There was a woman that dressed up as a grandmother and then walked <laughs> in. She walked, she's very young, and then she sat down, and all of a sudden, it, like from outside, because we were all in the hallway waiting to like kind of do our interviews, you hear this screech going, oh my God, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's one of those interviews. I've been trying to find this interview on YouTube, but I can't seem to, I can't oh. seem to find this one. So well, if, we, if anyone uh, if, knows I'll, where that is. Yeah. Yes, please send it to us because I, I want to see. And well the, done the her craziness for committing that... to the role because these actors get really bored in the junkets. So yeah. maybe dressing up as an old lady and screeching is is the way in. I don't know. I might consider it for my next. Is this interview. what you do, Bethany? Do you, do you dress up as the character or a character well, when you do all your interviews? That's you've been, what you've I been meeting have Anne Hathaway, exactly. haven't you? Were you dressed up? I should have dressed up as some kind of character from The Hustle, and it's actually a remake, uh, a female-led remake again. It's all about the ladies, um, but of the nineteen eighty film Dirty Rotten Scoundrels mm, and it recast yeah yeah it is and it recasts Michael Caine and Steve Martin with Hathaway and Rebel Wilson I'm a con artist sisters in arms I had no idea how small time I was until I met you Penny why are women better suited to the con than men because we're used to faking it now it's not the best film <laughs> full disclosure <laughs> the silence on yeah. my end I'm just like do 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 yeah. do do yeah. oh, well I watched the trailer I haven't seen it, but the British accent is really <laughs> annoying. So Anne seems to Bless do. I mean, her. is she playing a British character? Poor old Anne Hathaway. She's not. She. I think she actually. Um, she admits that she's not the best at accents. Because um, I think didn't she get into quite? People weren't very um, appreciative of her accent in Les Mis, yeah, despite her winning the Oscar. Well, I think. Les Mis. I didn't find that as offensive, but this is. Oh God, didn't I'm finding everything offensive today. Aren't <laughs> didn't you play a Brit in One Day? That that kind of yes. rom dra yeah, dramedy, and and, yeah, and that Yorkshire, was a problem too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Ooh. she wasn't great at that. But I think mm. she's the first to admit it. Um, yes, she yeah, is. she does crack out different accents in this, which actually I didn't find awful. She plays a British guy because the whole premise is that her and Rebel Wilson are con artists. Then they don't know each other at the start of the film, and then they they end up working together grudgingly. But basically, Anne Hathaway is like a high end luxury con artist lady, and Rebel Wilson, of course, is like a bit kind of of a comedy messing around low level con artist. And that's kind of the whole the whole premise. Um, it do you know what I. I think they both had fun shooting it and they probably really enjoyed it and there's a few laughs but it is not the strongest film ever and that kind of made me not want to ask too many questions about it so oh, fair enough I actually yeah I actually didn't and do you know what I reckon deep down Anne maybe agrees I managed to chat to her about something completely different and I asked her about confidence I think that, you know, we internalize so many messages, whether or not we, you know, unconsciously, um, sometimes consciously. But I think that I knew, I know that I grew up not feeling comfortable taking up space. I just didn't think I was entitled to it. Um, I apologized for it. I apologized for being places. And I mean, on like a cellular level, I did that. And I just, I've kind of stopped that in the in, in recent years. It's something about growing up, something about becoming a mother. I just don't have time for it anymore. I'm a human being just the same as anybody else. And, and nobody's higher or less than anybody else. And we all deserve to be here. And 
Um, and so it was nice to actually play somebody who does it because I'm seeing that more in the world and I'm seeing us take up more space and I do like seeing that. That's scary, isn't it? As, as one of the world's most famous actresses, you've won an Oscar. If you sometimes feel like imposter syndrome's going on, that mm-hmm. kind of that fear, does that mean we're all, we just have to get over it? Particularly as women, that's something we need to just reach beyond and take up our space. I do. I do. And I think you also, ha- we have to stop letting it be so important and letting it be something that needs to be all the time. Because I have days when I, even now, when I wake up and it's not there, and then I have days when I do. And the key is uh, somebody, uh, there's this fantastic poem by Rumi, and he talks about welcoming all your emotions as a guest. And I think there's something about that being secure enough in yourself to go, oh, whoa, the blues have come to visit. Here we are. Here's your bed. Let me know what I can put out for you. I don't know how long you'll be here, but please make yourself at home. And then the blues go. And then joy comes. And you just go, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Please, here's your bed. Would you let me know? You know, and you just kind of flow with it and you welcome it. And those things that come, they're not necessarily who you are. And they don't necessarily define who you are. Um, And they don't throw you off. You know, you're just, you're just you beyond all of that. There's time for humor and there's a time for sadness. There's, time for, right. there's a time for, for all of it. And I think sometimes when we put too much pressure on ourselves to be one thing all the time, which includes being happy, we're just really setting ourselves up. It's not possible. And mm-hmm. so I just think the more, the, just the kinder we can get with ourselves, the softer we can get with ourselves. When you kind of get into that place, you find yourself doing it with other people. And I think the world gets on better you know Mm. that was me uh, not talking about a film but actually talking about (laughs) a 13th century Persian philosopher and mystic called Rumi with Anne Hathaway Yeah. Good swerve. Yeah, yeah, and, and then of course I, I've looked up Rumi because I don't know, I don't know about you, Katie, but I don't think Rumi's as talked about here in the UK as he maybe is in America. Maybe it's a bit of an American thing. Bethany, your degree's coming into play again. You're being <laughs> all know. intellectual. I've never heard but of Rumi. I kind of thought, oh, maybe this is kind of a bit of a hippy dippy American thing that's kind of come into vogue, and it just hasn't come here yet. But I looked up this this kind of Persian philosopher, and here are some of his quotes. Okay, <laughs> God, are we doing philosophy? <laughs> Oh, Brilliant. Okay, quickly, Buckle up, quickly. everyone. I, I just thought, do you know what? I certainly need all the help I can get, so I enjoy it. Okay, so only from the heart can you touch the sky. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, now, this is, you're going to laugh at me right now. This is this is how low-end I am. So while you're talking about Rumi, I'm going online to be like, who's this? And I spelled it R-O-O-M-I-E, Rumi. like as in roommate. Rumi, so Rumi with a obviously I will never find out about this guy because I don't know, even know where to look. But hang on, this is, must be what has inspired, because Beyonce's daughter called is called Rumi. So for me, this all kind of made sense. Yes. And other, other words of wisdom... The cure for the pain is the pain. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what you need to remember when, when you're going to the doctor's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tread, tread on a big you know, <laughs> staple or something. And, and as you start to walk out on the way, the way appears. Now, some might say that these are profoundly meaningful things. Other people might say that they're deeply irritating. I don't know which. And for me, it's kind of a little bit kind of like um, a fortune cracker, isn't it? That kind of like... Yeah, You know know what? If if he, if Rumi was around now, he'd probably print out one of these like (laughs) hipster poem books. He'd be big on Instagram, wouldn't he? Yeah, huge on Instagram and like number one on (laughs) the New York Times bestseller list. He so would. But let's face it, it got got Anne Hathaway (laughs) through the hustle. so I'm 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 all for it. Yeah, she's Have like you... she's like take the job, be the job, <laughs> yeah. and then talk about the job until yeah. we don't have to. And you know, like that's on. kind of Rumi. Yeah, that's the Hathaway. Yeah. Um. Going off on a random tangent, as we sometimes do. Have you ever played the game, which is which celebrity do you look like? So what you're meant to do is, I say this because there's an Anne Hathaway link, so you're meant to take the best person that you've been compared to looking like and the worst person you've been compared to looking like. So mine is I once had a very traumatic uh, Glastonbury Festival experience where I was drunk (laughs) and someone at the festival said, you look like Tony Blair's wife. (gasps) And... Combine that, though, with the best person I've been compared to looking like, Anne Hathaway. So I am a cross between Anne Hathaway and Cherie Blair, which I think is essentially people saying that I've got very big teeth, which I have. Um, But yeah, there you go. I think they were saying you were both beautiful and intelligent. Thanks, mate. Oh, God, I'm (laughs) going to have to think who mine are. Blimey. I, I saw a photo of you, Katie, where you went to some kind of 
burlesque show and stuff. Oh, I and I was like, I even did and, this. And, and, then, and then I just was like, what, first of all, what is she doing there? Hopefully this is for a story. But then when you did the group shot, I was like, oh, she looks a bit Anne Hathaway, actually. Now that like, you brought it up, I'm just like, oh, so there you go. Thanks. Maybe that's why I got on so well with Anne Hathaway, because I felt like I was just chatting to you. Katie. And that's why I completely <laughs> neglected to talk about the film, which I was there to talk about, and just chatted with her. I should have brought this up earlier where I was. Game of Thrones burlesque in a pub in Acton, which, of course, all of the best burlesque shows are in the back room of of a pub. Um, Yeah, and it was... Oh, God, because it was the back room of a pub. So, like, the Mother of Dragons was meant to be, like, (laughs) pole dancing, but because it was a pub, they didn't have a pole. So, like, Jon Snow would have to wander out and assemble this pole in the middle of the thing and Cersei sang uh, from the the Frozen song Let It Go but uh, Let It Snow oh Let God. It Snow Let It Snow oh and oh it was it was uh, I got very drunk I really hope they had good takeaway <laughs> coffee on offer at least in this uh, this pop up <laughs> uh, dear, it was spiked it. if it was it sounds like it was spiked um, let's let's talk about something else um, where you know uh, this is something that I didn't understand and so it, it took a while for, for me to, to realize it's, it's this thing called my dad wrote a porn no, please explain to, to the audience. No, I haven't. I'm so behind on this. No, I never listened to it. I never did anything with this. And so I was like, what's happening and why are we talking about this it this week? This was like a so rock please. and roll podcast yeah. from one podcast to another. My dad wrote a porno. London, are you ready for this? Belinda opened her leg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, so obviously, it was, it was basically uh, a guy called Jamie Morton whose dad one day <laughs> just took it upon him to send his son a novel he'd A written. manuscript. Yeah. yeah. And he was uh, like, oh, interesting. Belinda blinked. Yeah, innocent enough. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, in fact, as the title, My Dad Wrote a Porno, would suggest, a pornographic novel. Yeah, about this woman who sells uh, pots and pans, but she's also got this saucy side to her where she's... Uh, just seems to turn up places and have sex with people. Yeah, it's like part, <laughs> part business manual, it's part so low porno. Rent. It's brilliant. And they found, so he, he thought it was so hilarious that he literally couldn't keep it in. So he phoned up two of his besties, Alice Levine and James Cooper. They went to the pub, they chatted about it, and they laughed so hard, kind of they almost hurt themselves. And they just thought, you know what? We need to share this with the world. <laughs> and so they made a podcast, which then has just... Yeah, which is reading. Oh, out extracts of the book and sort of going into detail about how little uh, Jamie's dad seems to understand about the female body (laughs) and things like that. Yeah, but it's become a bit of a phenomenon. It's had over 150 million downloads. It's sold out live shows internationally. They sold out the Royal Albert Hall. They sold out the Sydney Opera House. And now it's been snaffled up by HBO who are making like a kind of a live kind of a comedy special that's been filmed in the Camden Roundhouse, I think. Wow. Um, so it's kind of bringing it to the screen. And you went to meet them, though, didn't you, as well, ahead of it coming out on telly? Yeah, absolutely. And they are just as much fun as they seem. So I made um, poor old Jamie relive the moment he he, he read his dad's work uh, and was shocked by it. But um, I chatted to them as well, like, whether this has caught them unawares, the success of the podcast and how people have just flown with it. This is what they said to me about why they think people like it so much. We- we sort of launched uh, towards serial having its, you know, biggest moment, mm. um, and that feels the same. Where people are kind of re- are really, really eager to recommend a podcast in a way that they feel that they own it and they feel really, really attached to it. Um, so we've somehow managed to maintain both of those things to like now have this incredibly, like, extensive global um, gang that listen to it. But then feel so under the radar yeah, at the same time. And then, yeah, that's and interesting. We always say that we're like a bit yeah. geeky and freaky and um, we seem to have attracted that same thing where people know it so intimately. They know like the minutiae of the details about the characters. It's sort of that Game of Thronesy, Star Warsy, yeah, Harry Sci- Potter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Rocky's created the indelible characters and a world that people really want to spend time in. They said that they think that that's why the podcast partly was so 
successful because people could listen to it in private whereas yeah. they said it just wouldn't have worked like on YouTube or something but well, watching the the preview that we got as well they get people in the audience to come mm. out and act yes. bits out for oh them my god can you imagine but that but also it shows how impossible some of the moves are that his dad <laughs> was writing <laughs> oh my god well we, we say that you know obviously they've got loads of fans but they have got a legion of famous fans yes. as well and the beauty of this is obviously they've rocked the podcast world they've rocked the live show world they're now on tv and so i basically said is a film in it being plotted you're going to make a film of this <laughs> oh, no. they were bang up for it and they they've pretty much got their cast ready with all their famous fans so this <laughs> is who they want to star in my dad wrote a porno the film we've got the cast all, all the people have been our footnotes have kind of promised verbally verbally yeah, binding who, contracts. Who, in theory, if we had to make it tomorrow, who have we got? Oh, well, yeah. We've got Daisy Ridley from Star Wars. Amazing. Yes. Uh, she's, she's in. She's, she's, made in. It. she's yeah. doing the Duchess. Yeah. Uh, Dame Emma Thompson, also going for the Duchess. We were talking about they could do like a young and old version of the yeah. Duchess. Yes. Flashbacks, flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Nicholas Holt, he's going to play uh, Adam. Yeah. who was uh, a fitter in a shop in Knightsbridge. It's, it's a very niche uh, role that, that Nick wanted. I feel Holt will do it justice. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. He's, he's, he's like talking though. He can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael who, Sheen. Yes. Who did Michael Sheen want to be? Dr. Robbins. Yeah, which is quite a, a kind of like slightly evil character, kind of mean. A mad doctor mad who character. lives in Amsterdam. Yeah, mm. I think he'd be perfect. Yes. Um, Elijah Wood is going to play the youngest... The youngish man who is uh, who runs the reception of a small B and B. Sorry, even as I say it, I realise yeah. it's absurd. Um, he got first dibs actually, so we need to check back in with him because there might be some new characters that he's more enticed yeah, yeah, by. Yeah. But... Has anyone taken Belinda yet? No. So. Well, well, Mara Wilson, the little girl who played Matilda, is playing Belinda's clitoris. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't think that because that's that's the full the full role. I'm surprised um, no one's taken Belinda yet because it feels like it could be their their Oscar role. It's yeah. going to be the one that wins them all the awards. Maybe she's intimidated people thus far, but yeah, now's the time. Role. A newcomer, a newcomer. I think that's yes. the perfect role for a newcomer. Yeah, actually, yeah. you know, um, preferably someone who doesn't want any career afterwards. So yeah, it's gonna it's, mm. it's, watch this watch this space. Um, you never know. That's hopefully, crazy. a film is in the offing. And in fact, there was there was again too much fun stuff to chat about with them. So there's going to be like a bonus feature if you're a big fan of my dad wrote a porno and you want to hear what they said to me you can take a listen to the whole thing and that will be appearing on here too excellent the one thing i would say is you, with podcasts becoming tv shows the thing you lose something of what you loved about the show a little bit don't you because it's it's your imagination and it's the world that you create so i don't know it's it, nice to I see them if you're if was, you're a super was, fan what I loved about it, and especially since I didn't know that much, is the fact that like you can tell that the, these three really like each other, and then they were yeah. kind of having such a good time on stage. And even though it was like in this massive space, they were still treating like they were having a chat <laughs> amongst themselves. And so uh, that was nice. And then and then kind of adding these other elements where the audience gets to come up and do some stuff. That was a lot of fun too. But yeah, it's 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 it is it is interesting to, to now think about how people will watch a live performance of of yeah. pods, which one day we might be able to do ourselves. And just oh, that would be so there. exciting. You can bring yeah. your champagne wagon, Bethany. Yes, yes. I'm going to start prepping changes. it. Yes, yes. well, <laughs> one of them has to be a Pikachu costume, though, yeah. maybe. Done, defo, defo. Done. But yeah, the, the porno is on, I think it comes to Sky Atlantic. You guys get it in America first, of course. It's on HBO on the 11th of May. But it yes. comes to Sky Atlantic on the 16th of May, so you can take a look and see what you think. Right, we should leave it, leave it at that, shouldn't we? Really enough of us talking. We could talk all day. Um, but yeah, if you've uh, got any questions, if you've got any recommendations, we do always like to hear from you. So please do rate, review, subscribe, get in touch uh, with us as well through social media. Bethany, what's the best way to get in touch with you? I'm mainly on Twitter at Bethany Minnell. Stevie Wong. I'm also on Twitter at Wongy1. Fabulous. And if you want to find me, I'm probably better on Instagram, really. You can see my Game of Thrones burlesque pictures <laughs> on there. I'm at, at SpennyPix. And that's it for this week. We will uh, see you in about a week's time. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.